we ever make it big, I'ma give it to the family. Looking back now, everything is looking funny. You and I in the room writing. I'll play when the mood strikes us. We don't care if they do like us. Writing songs for the haters, we ain't even got yet. Freestyling, somebody turn the mic up. Talking about things we don't really understand. Talking about things we don't really comprehend. Me and you trying to get it, we ain't quitting to the end. Now I'm standing on stage trying to give it to the fans. Ah! What is going on, guys? Kurt Alexander here. We are here for episode number five of this Doing What You Love podcast. We're going to have a great episode. We've got my brother from another mother, Grant Reed. We've got Tony coming on the podcast again that you guys heard last week. We're going to talk about some wrestling of NXT TakeOver Portland this past weekend. We're going to talk about the XFL this weekend on our second week of the XFL. And we are going to have a great episode, guys. What you guys just heard at the beginning of the episode was the performance known as NF and his song Notepad. That's a sneak preview of, of one of his songs that I absolutely enjoy all of his music that he does. So, guys, if you guys want to hear a little bit more about some NF, go out and check him up on YouTube at NF. Or you can search them on, if you guys have Spotify, which is actually one of the streaming services that you hear from Doing What You Love podcast, go check them out. NF, that was Notepad. Let's get started with this podcast, episode number five. What's going on, guys? Kurt Alexander here. We're here for the podcast, episode number five. Like I said before, I got my brother from another, Grant Reed here, and Tony. What's going on, guys? Good. 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 How was your guys' weekend? Amazing. Actually. Good. Good. Awesome, I heard you guys. I heard you guys went down to Peoria on uh, Sunday. Is that correct? Yes, we yes. did. What'd you guys do down there? Uh, we went to Barnes and Noble. Got a couple books. Uh, went to Bass Pro Shop. Crank uh, got a few things, and we just walked around and checked out the mall. Cool. Cool. Yeah, we went down there. We had a good time, and uh, we stopped at a restaurant and chilled coffee all night. And we had uh, the guy, the two guys. They they had uh, nachos, a big plate of nachos all together. And I had cool. me a you know double cheeseburger. It was pretty good. And, and uh, can't forget about that waitress. She was pretty good looking. I got to tell you. But uh, anyway, so yeah, it's got some fishing stuff. I'm getting ready for fishing here and be. Getting close, bro. Well, we are getting ready for fishing. I am, but I'm, I am going to get my license. We'll be, it'll so be, it'll be spring will be here in a few weeks. So it's we'll uh, go out. We're going to go out fishing sometime. So get hopefully get myself a something pretty big this year. So that's good. I had a pretty good weekend too. Um, I uh, you know I had my I had my son Jason this weekend. Um, we you know I think we went and saw uh, went and saw Sonic the Hedgehog, which uh, was amazing. John, you know, Jim, Jer, not yet. Jim Carrey does a great performance of Dr. Robotnik. Mm-hmm. Granted, he wasn't as fat, which based on, I'm not going to give any spoilers away because I technically already did on Facebook and I deleted the, uh, ended up deleting the, the, the page that I had posted it on. Um, but I was so happy and I was so excited for the ending, the, the big spoiler coming. Like it's, it's awesome. There is going to be a number two. Yep. I know Grant, you saw it. Yes. Tony, you didn't see it. I don't see it. Are you going to see it though? I probably will. You'll see you'll it. you'll enjoy it. You have to stay through the entire movie in order to see it. Like Grant and I, we like you. We saw the ending of it. Awesome. There's number two, but the thing like I said, Doctor Robotnik. I think as the movie as next as the next one goes on, he'll finally be fat. Yep. Because he wasn't fat. Because you know, Jim Carrey's not fat. 
but he played a great Dr. Robotnik. Like just him starting off when he met Sonic is how it's portrayed. So I think before we get into talking about, I say it in the, in the intro, I think before we get into talking about the XFL and NXT Portland, uh, there's a couple things going on this weekend. Um, the first one being, uh, I know he's doing a lot better um, after yesterday's Daytona 500. Um, but uh, Ryan Newman took a bad, bad wreck. Yes, he did. This is, I want to say, this is his worst wreck he's ever been in. Yeah. I know he had one years ago where he flipped multiple times down the back straightaway. Yeah. If you remember that. But this one, I think, really hit a lot of people is the fact that um, just, just the severity of the, of the wreck, because he hit the wall. And when he came back off the wall, another car hit him again. But the thing is, the car hit him on the driver's side. And he basically rode down on the driver's side. And sparks and fire was coming out from that driver's side. So everyone was so worried. I know. So I saw pictures of it. I saw the video of of the wreck. Then I actually saw pictures of it where they were putting up tarps or shielding a wall around the wreck. And around the the ambulance because they didn't know how bad of a wreck it was going to be. And uh, I got and I got to say, I mean, he's doing a lot better now. From yeah, all, I heard he's talking from, from now. All reports, he's talking to his doctors and family, which is good. But you know, when, when you think of a NASCAR racers, you know, you gotta you gotta be very precautious about when you're you, behind those. You people. know, NASCAR NASCAR is going to be dangerous. I mean, you, it, you it, look at. I mean, it's you know, surprisingly, it's been 19 years. Was it 19? Yeah, 19 years ago that uh, Dale, Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt died in a wreck, and it wasn't even a bad wreck. No. It was just – just I think it was it was the safety precautions of how he was in the car because yep. from what I understand, it was like a, his neck snapped or something like that. But there was that. So – sorry, guys. I'm opening up a, yeah. opening up a drink. Yeah. So, but, yeah, they – you know, Dale Earnhardt didn't have a bad wreck. That was a bad wreck for Ryan Newman. Yeah. And people were scared and worried, like, oh, no, we can't do that. This can't happen again. He's lucky to be alive. And so I saw a picture that was lucky. nice. He goes, and some, and it was a nice little picture, but it said, oh, some angels watching over him. And it showed a picture of Earnhardt, watch it, you know, just standing above Daytona. And he goes, all right, someone's watching over Ryan. Just making sure, because he doesn't want another. I think Ryan, I think Ryan, or no, Dale's the last person to die in a NASCAR race, isn't it? Yeah, he'd be the only he'd be or in a, in a NASCAR. I mean, people have died in other races. Um, remember a few so, years ago, Daytona or not Daytona? Uh, Tony Stewart. Yeah, the old Tony Stewart. Yeah. Tony Stewart hitting a guy. Bad thing is that that guy was not supposed to get out of the car, and he got out. That was. I mean, that was on him. But I mean, I know that Tony Stewart. You know, I know he killed that guy, but still, it's just it was kind of unintentional in a way. Yeah, I mean, I know it was an accident, but I mean, it's still probably gonna. You know, probably hit some pretty hard. You know, to probably still today saying, "Hey, I, I ran over this guy. I killed him." Mm-hmm. But you know, it, so it's just like, how would you live on yourself? But you got to just so yeah, you, you know, move on. You know, prayers still go out. Prayers still go out to Ryan Newman and his family and all that. Yeah, you know, he's doing better. But you know, it's that's that's hard to that's hard. That was hard to watch, and you know, to see that type of reaction by the EMTs and all them to how they're reacting to it. That was scary to. So, um, so we got that news for the NASCAR, but another little thing that we have uh, to start off is 
All-Star weekend in Chicago for an NBA was this, uh, was this past weekend. And it was a really good, you know, good tribute. They did a lot of big tributes to, to Kobe, to Kobe and Gigi and the other uh, seven passengers in the helicopter crash. And uh, ah, that was what? That was over a month ago. That happened already. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. Yeah, and the no, crazy thing was like he passed away two days before my birthday, mm-hmm. and just saying that it was just it was so devastating. But the one thing that, that bothered me. This weekend is I don't I don't watch NBA any much anymore. I watch college basketball because it's so much so much more exciting to watch. So that is, you know, the one thing though about the NBA that I'm really hoping that actually happens this year, just based on everything that's happened. It's the Lakers to is the the only thing to make this better is the Lakers need to win the championship yeah, this year. They have to. They have not won a title in ten years since Kobe played. Since Kobe last played. That was the last time the Lakers won a championship. And this is James, this is LeBron's second season, and they didn't make the playoffs last year. No, no. This year they have the best team. They're they're what? Like four four games, four and a half games ahead, or whatever it is in the in the in the uh, yeah, in the Western conference. But they the only thing they have left to do is the the Lakers need to win the title this year. Yeah, they do for sure. I don't care if it's scripted. And they they win it anyways. They still need to win it. There's nothing else that could make it any better. Nothing, not you know everything that's happened with with Kobe and Gigi and all this on you know everything that's happened at the beginning of the year and everyone being so shocked and that the Lakers need to win the NBA Finals this year. I don't care how what it takes, but they they have no other choice but to win it. Yeah, I mean you look at. Um, Sports teams that have gone on to win a championship. Uh, God, who was it? Uh, the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Uh, they had the what was it? Uh, the Boston Marathon. Yeah. That, that happens at the beginning of the year, or whenever they do it, Memorial Day or Veterans Day or whatever. Patriots Day. Yeah. That's what it is because they may move out of it. So Patriots Day is what? What day is it? it's what what? It's it's after April, isn't it, or something yeah. like that. And the Boston, the Boston bombing, right? So in the Boston bombing, you know, every, there was people killed and there was a big manhunt because it was like a terrorist thing or something like that. Yeah, there was two of them. Yeah. And they eventually caught them. But they, but uh, after everything that happened, the, the white, the, the, the Red Sox stepped in. David Ortiz was trying to get rally everyone like we are both this is not a team this is not the red sox anymore this is boston we are and they came up the boston strong and that end of the year boston red sox won the world series you know I, there's nothing uh, the, the only like I said, the lakers need to win the championship there's nothing more that needs there's nothing more sweeter than than to pay tribute to to kobe by winning the the nba the nba championship at the end of the year you know what i was uh I was going to the local, you know, the local college over here. They, uh, I read a book about the Boston bombing. You mentioned I read a book about the Boston bombing. There was there was a guy uh, that was uh, he was standing up close, and uh, you know he was he was running. He was running in the race, and he was close to where the the bomb went off. And oh, I remember what video. I know I saw the book. Yes. I've seen and the book. I read the book. We went. I read the whole thing. I thought, you got know, like, holy cow! The that entire that entire guy's life story has, has changed 
you know, after I read that, it was a year later. He, he, a year later, he was, he was, he was in, he was in the Boston Marathon a year later. Yeah, you know, with prosthetic legs and he was back, but he, he was it was took him just a year later. He was like, I'm doing this. It didn't, yeah, you know. it, it took it took a, took the whole time just to for him to get back to where mm-hmm. he was before. But you know, all the stuff he had to do from all the aches and all the pains he went through, mm-hmm. from all the surgery he had to go through. You know, it's just. And then and then you and then you get up and you it's like when you wake up every every day and you don't have your you don't you don't have your whole body attached no more, but you know but his uh, his wisdom and his his words you know it's a it's a big thing for people who have you know who can't get around. It's kind of like the nine eleven situation. Exactly. Like there's a lot of people, especially current famous people who lost their loved ones in there. Of course. And like um, I read, well, watched something like uh, Zelina Vega, she lost her father in the 9-11. Yeah, I don't remember anything about that. I don't, I don't remember. remember too little. I, we, I was, uh, I was, you know, I remember my mother, she, you know, she uh, saw, she looked at me and I noticed that like I was looking at the TV and I saw the towers go down and, you know, me being a little kid, I, I said, I said, I said that tower fell down. I said I don't like that, you know, and and uh, she changed the channel. But yeah, it was, you know, a pretty dramatic day. And honestly, the every business that you know that happened, they uh, they should have shut down all their business, all the business, all every business in the, in the United States should have mm-hmm. should have closed the doors for the day, go back the next day, you know, act like act like nothing happened. But you can't you can't walk away from something like that. But let's just hope to God that in, with our generation, we don't have to worry about anything like that. But yeah. but you never know what could happen. Yeah. So, but let's get back to what I was talking about with the NBA. So this weekend, uh, the Western or not the I wouldn't say the Western Conference. It was but Team, team, team LeBron and Team Giannis. Okay, so Team LeBron won one, right? Am I correct? Yeah. By and to make it even better is the fact that. LeBron, or not LeBron, but Anthony Davis was the one who had a game-winning shot. But it was a game-winning free throw, which makes it more memorable only because Kobe's last NBA point was a free throw when he scored 60 points in his final game, which is unheard of. No one ever – no one like Kobe's the only guy who's able to do that in his final game, pull up 60 points. Like that's that's impressive in itself. But to do it when you're retiring, that's that's even more that's impressive. A, that's a good way to to retire. But then you know, listen, Anthony Davis hitting a free throw to win it. That was that was really cool. Um, but the one thing I noticed, the one thing I really hated though, the uh, I always like watching Saturday nights with you have uh, you have the skills points. You have the skill. You have the skill. You have the skill because on Friday night is always the celebrity game and the rookie game, right? Or that Thursday, they usually make a whole weekend out of it or something like that. Because you have you like you have the you have the rookie showcase, you have the uh, like a rookie all star versus the world, something like that. Or is that yeah. just or baseball does that? I know that. Yeah, it was kind of like the USA, USA versus, versus versus the world, yeah. or, but it's all triple A and double A players who are playing in them. But anyways, for the NBA though. Saturday nights are are special because you have the three point contest, you have the skills challenge, which is some of the fastest guys in the league agility wise. But everyone comes out to see the dunk contest, even though over the years, from what I've seen, the dunk contest isn't like it used to be anymore. It's not spectacular, and 
people aren't doing big, I wouldn't say big dunks, but they're not being, uh, they're not the Vince Carter. They're not Vince Carter putting his elbow in the, in, in the, in the rim. Still to this day, freaking Michael Jordan even said it, the best dunk, our best, still to this day, Michael Jordan even said it, that the best slam dunk for a shot ever made was Vince Carter's elbow. Mm -hmm. No one else can top that. No. I know Blake Griffin a few years ago, he did it. But like I said, when it comes to the dunk contest, everyone tends to do like a big, like a big inspirational dunk or not a big, or so be trying to be um, fancy with it. Like, what can we do to make it really fancy? I know a few years ago it was, uh, who was it? It was when, uh, God, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. He played He played for, for Orlando. Dwight Howard? Yeah, Dwight Howard, right? So when he played for, he was playing for them, and he, he changed his name to Superman. Yes. And he went and they brought in a phone booth for him to change into a Superman outfit style. And he... He didn't dunk it. He threw it in. If you ever watched that back, he jumps from the from the free throw line. This is a few. This was years back. But he jumps from the free throw line, and he gets so high up that he can literally just throw it, and without even touching the rim. And they remember, they even said that before. Like he didn't even touch the rim. He threw that ball in. Like that's impressive. And he did. Uh, he did another one with like he did another one like with a rim. Like a he went, he went, yeah, he, he did a, he did like a 12 foot or 12 foot rim, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, he, and he dunked on that too. Uh, then he also did one, either it was him or someone else, where he put a cupcake on the back of the rim and then did a dunk with it and then blew out the candle that was on the cupcake. Oh, I forgot it. I forgot who it was. Um, it was someone else, but it wasn't uh, Dwight Howard. Right. <coughs> I know the person is not playing in the NBA at the moment. No, um, but so they had that. Then you also have another dunk that happened a few years ago was uh, Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin dunked over a or uh, dunked over a, a Corvette or whatever yeah. it was. While uh, who was it? While Chris Paul was holding the ball because that was the whole Lob City thing was going on for for the Clippers when the Clippers were starting to play a really good ball. <clears throat> but the one thing this weekend that really pissed me off was the Gordon. Uh, what's his first name? Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Gordon and uh, Jones Jr. I don't know his first name. What is it? I don't remember his first name. Sure. But Some he plays for Miami. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Gordon plays for uh, Oklahoma City, right? Aaron Gordon? Yeah. He's in uh, Orlando Magic at the moment. Oh, he is Orlando. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, so the one that they came down to them where they were going back and forth in the finals because every, they kept both getting 50 points or they kept both getting like tying it like like a high 40s. And they kept going back and forth. And then it came down to the final dunk where Jones hit, Jones did a uh, – jumped over a guy and then went through the legs and, you know, made it. Right. And here comes Gordon, though. Gordon dunks over, I don't know, it was like Taco. I can't remember his first name or his last name or whatever it is. But you said, like, Tony, you said he was a. Uh, it was like seven foot five. So, yeah, seven foot five, impressive alone. Gordon clears him and dunks it. Doesn't do between the legs, just, just clearing the guy, just clearing a seven foot five guy alone. 
should have won it and should have won it. And he loses by one point. Thanks to thanks Dwayne to Wade. thanks to Dwayne Wade because Dwayne Wade was rooting for Jones Jr. just because he plays for Miami. Favoritism, I Favor, you know, favoritism. But the thing is, Scottie Pippen even gave it. What do you guys think? Like it's like Gordon honestly should have won. I honestly think Gordon has robbed twice. He should have held like at least two uh, dunk contest uh, trophies, but. Of course, he even said himself that he's not gonna. Yeah, he's not doing. He's not gonna do the, the dunk contest anymore because he no. says it's stupid now. Yeah. You know, and with this, I, I was while you guys were chatting, I was looking up the clip with uh, uh, with uh, Dwight Howard doing the dunk contest with the Superman Cave. I was watching. They they were showing the replay. Are you looking at the? Are you looking at this one that no, he just no, did? No, or this years is, past. Years past. This is the one from two thousand eight that I was yep. uh, that I researched here, and. Uh, and it, and it shows him dunking, and and uh, you know he, and it showed him actually you know throwing the ball in without even putting his hand on the rim. Yeah. So that's uh, you know, for for a guy like his size, it's, you know it's it's good and being able to dunk a basketball and having so many trick shots with it, you know, and doing everything you can, um, and, is, and it, the, is impressive. And the thing about this year with Dwight Howard, he just. He just ripped off the Superman logo and did a tribute to Kobe. Yep, I saw that too. Had the number 24 on yep. the logo. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for this portion. I know we're, we talked just a little bit of an intro. Uh, we're going to be back, and we're going to talk about this past weekend's week two of the XFL. And we're back. We're going to talk about the XFL this weekend, guys. So we had, there was a pretty good weekend for, for the XFL. I enjoyed it um, to a point. First off, though, my St. Louis Battlehawks, they lost. They put up a close close fight, though, at the very end. They were coming back. Um, to start off, though, with, with uh, St. Louis was playing Houston. And they lost 28 to 24. They were making a comeback. Um, they were so close. The one big thing, though, that I saw that really did it in for him, though, was uh, Tamanu, the St. Louis um, quarterback, threw for 284 yards, which was impressive. But like I said, they end up losing. He had two. He had two interceptions that game too, which really did it in for him at the very end. Um. Another game was uh, Seattle and Tampa Tampa Bay. That was a really good game. But uh, the if, if you go and look at the stats, Tony, I don't know if you got the stats up at all um, for that for that Seattle Tampa Bay game. But the one thing I noticed on that list was Tampa Bay outperformed Seattle that entire game point wise on I think on both sides of the ball, but. The thing was, Seattle would would drive down the field in this point in the sense of they made every pass and every play scoring drive like that. They made every little detail count to, to win, and Seattle ended up beating Tampa Bay seventeen to nine. Tony, do you got any information uh, a little bit more on that game? Like I said Tampa Bay outperformed them, but somehow they still lost. I'm looking, looking it up right now. Grant, do you got anything on that? 
Um, no, I, you know, this weekend I didn't, I wasn't paying attention much to the XFL. Um, you know, like with last week's games were pretty good start. Um, you know, it was the start of the, it was, it was start the, the start of the start of the season, you know, um, see, uh, who is the, uh, who, no, what, uh, you said we're talking about Tampa Bay here. Yeah. The Tampa Bay Vipers and the Seattle Dragons. Yes. Um, what was the. What was the who who ended up winning that game? Seattle ended up winning seventeen to nine. But based on the stats that I read earlier, was Tampa Bay outperformed Seattle the entire game? It's just the fact that Seattle made every little detail, every little drive or every touchdown they had, they made it mean something. Like they they would put up more they put up more points. But the thing was, when you go look at the stats, though, Tampa Bay had more passing yardage, more rushing yardage. Like, how is it that you did all that and you still couldn't win the game? Yeah, from what I'm reading right now, it looks like that Tampa Bay had 70 offensive plays as Seattle only had 51. And Tampa Bay held the ball more times, too. And would they have like 100? I think I think I read it. I don't know if I read that correctly, but would they have like 100 more yards? Yes. Than them, and they still lost. Like, how is that possible? Like, that's just. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, that was that was a big. I don't know if uh, I think Tampa Bay aren't they zero and two now, or they're two one and one or something like that. I think, I think they're zero and two. So I don't know if it's looking good for him. Um, the third game of the night was Dallas and L.A., and Dallas ended up winning twenty five to eight. 25 to 18. Dallas had nearly 200 plus more yardage offensively than LA. And they played a really good ball game. I mean, really good. I think uh, Landry Jones actually played his first his first uh, official uh, XFL game, too. I can't remember. You want to look that game up there, Tony, on yeah. the Dallas game? Sure. Uh, Landry Jones, I know, played quarterback. First weekend, I think, was playing quarterback. I don't know. How well did he do? He was able to get at least like 13 yards and uh, the average like 3.3 yards. But, of, that's good. But not like he wasn't, he wasn't outstanding. Like, yeah. like everyone was hoping. Yes. Okay. Um, so offensive wise. All right. I've got a few more games here that I just pulled up um, with the, uh, St. Louis Battlehawks, or is mm-hmm. it Seattle? It's St. Louis Battlehawks. I already talked about Seattle. They the, got twenty. It was twenty-four to twenty-eight. No, I stated with, that with that. Um, but then, this this last game, though, I want to I want to talk about real quick, though. This last game, DC Defenders against the New York uh, Guardians. DC beats New York twenty-seven to zero. Yeah, that's a really bad. It was bad, and I read more on it. It was really bad. Uh, Their quarterback, uh, McGloin, he was so pissed off right at halftime. Like, he was blaming it on everyone else other than himself. Um, But everyone takes blame. You know, when you you lose a football game or you lose any type of game, you you don't want to put blame on – I mean, the, the selfish people put blame on themselves. They blame themselves for for it happening. Um, the the selfish, not self selfless people will blame themselves. Oh, it's all my fault. Like I did this issue. 
But selfish people will put the blame on everyone else. And McGloin did not stop complaining the entire second half, blaming everyone. He goes, we our offense sucks. Our defense sucks. And he just he blew up on his on his coach too. He got pissed off at him, saying it was all his fault. The team sucks. And, and you know who that kind of reminds me of? Who? NFL player Des Bryant. Yeah. NFL player Des Bryant. Uh, in the past couple of years he played in the Cowboys, all he did was blame everyone else but himself because even though Des Bryant was always the guy who who was fault for everything. They will make it to the playoffs and then they just gone. They push get pushed to the side and he'd be the one, especially in the very last plays of the playoffs, he'll fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I mean I I just I don't I don't know what what type of quarterback. The quarterback of all people should be the one person keeping everyone a level level head, level minded, and not be putting blame on anyone else. Definitely. The fact that I, I can't remember his stats wise for that game. I know they weren't yeah, too they good, weren't great. But the fact that you put you you you're not you're playing like shit too, mm-hmm. and you're not going to put blame on yourself. Like he was blaming everyone else for his for the issues, and or people you know he's blaming he's blaming his I think he's blaming his wide receivers for not reading. Certain plays are not making sure to step in front of the step in front of the pass or something like that. So, so, uh, but yeah, he was doing all doing doing uh, doing a lot of complaining for that game. Like I said, DC ends up beating New York in a blowout, twenty-seven to zero. So, uh, I think that's going to do it though for the the XFL portion of our of our podcast, and uh, <clears throat> we're going to be back. And we're going to finish it up. We're going to talk about some wrestling. And most importantly for wrestling, we're going to talk about the NXT Portland that took place uh, this past Sunday. We'll be right back. And we're back with Doing What You Love podcast. We're into our final portion of our podcast. We're going to talk about some wrestling. Most importantly, we're going to go on. We're going to talk about the review of NXT TakeOver Portland this weekend. And guys, I mean, you guys watched a little bit of it, but I yes. watched. I, I sat and watched the whole thing. How great was this takeover? It was awesome, best one yet. I mean, takeover keeps getting better and better every every time they perform. I think that's why they do they do much better in production for show wise over WWE because WWE will do a pay per view every freaking year or every month. Takeover and NXT they wait three months down the road to do a pay per view. Because they let those rivalries build up. You know, they don't just do, oh, this person's going to, you know, how, you know, in, in TakeOver for NXT, you do, oh, this person's going to wrestle this person in a rivalry. They don't do a rivalry the next paper, the next TakeOver over and over again. Granted, Tommaso and Champa did it, but that's the exception because of how great they could tell a story over and over again. Unlike WWE, or unlike Raw and SmackDown, where you've got uh, Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns fighting every single pay per view and every week, like, it's come on, it's annoying, it's garbage. But so let's get into this takeover with the first match, and like I said last week, guys, match of the fucking night. 
No, Match of the Fucking Night, part one, though, in my sense. Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee for the North American title, and they tore the fucking house down to start off the show. That was impressive. Do you guys like what do you guys think of that? I wasn't able to get a chance to watch it, but I have heard it was definitely the, the things that they did in that match, you know, they it was just it was like the one thing that really went over the top that I was so impressed with because of how big he is. He's like six five. I think I said it last week. Dominic Dajakov is like six five. He they were both fighting on the outside in between the announce tables, right? And he's got that little space in between the announce table. There's a small gap. That's a one person to sit there, right? They had a ta- they had a chair. And they, the whole thing was, though, if you watch Keith Lee, Keith Lee does the chops, right? Right across the chest. They were He was doing chops right across the chest like a few times already in that match. And, he's, and they're, you know, Dominic's like, he's reacting to it, but he's like, oh, my God, this hurts so much. I'm just not going to, like, I just need to fall over. But he got to the point where, he got to the point where uh, Dominic was getting his ass kicked in the outside of Keith. They had a chair set up in the in the center. They're fighting, and then Dominic finally takes back over, finally gets control of him, puts him in the chair, and kicks him or something like that in the chair where he's down. Dominic goes back in the ring, does a springboard senton off, and it wasn't one of those center ones. He jumped from the turnbuckle did a springboard senton and made a diagonal line and landed in between in between the announce table. Like, he had to turn his body just to land correctly. Otherwise, he would have hurt, fucked up his back around the corner of the announce table. He didn't jump from the center to land straight on. He, did it, he diagonal shot it and landed perfectly, doing a springboard senton so many feet away and landing it perfectly. Everyone's like, oh, my God, how the hell did he do that? Like that was impressive. You'll have to go back. Grant, I wanted you to show Tony real quick. I'm talking, but show him that video of him doing that, and it was it was like, oh my god, how the hell did he land that? And but they did that. They did a Spanish fly off the top rope as well. Grant, Grant's going to show Tony quickly uh, this video of him doing it, but it was it was amazing to see. You showing him that video? Yeah, I'm showing him the video. There's a little bit of an ad in the beginning. Oh, okay. But yeah, it was it was so amazing on how he on how he does. I just want to see Tony's reaction right now, guys, of this. Like he was just freaking amazing what he just pulled off. I was so happy with it. But um, he's he's gonna show him a little bit. But this was it was so so awesome to hear this. And uh, Grant, I want you to pause it real quick. Grant, I want you to pause this room. So I want you guys to hear this audio. Um, if you guys want to go back and watch this. So Grant, I want you to get this audio so our podcast can actually hear the people listening. I want I want them to hear their, the Mariano, his reaction to the actual Spanish, to the actual springboard senton. Uh, so I want people to actually hear, so find that, I want you to find that video or that portion of the video and Tony and I will keep talking, find that portion of the, the, the springboard and Tony, we'll keep talking about this. Like this, this match was amazing. They, okay. You had a springboard senton. You had a 
You had a Spanish fly. You had uh, Keith Lee pull off his spirit bomb. Yeah. And Dominic flipped over and stood right back up. It was like holding himself going, yeah, like he was like he was still fighting. Keith Lee, even before that, Keith Lee got hit and then stood back up and like hulked up type of thing. Look, looked at him like they were both going back and forth. The match was so like so great. Um, so getting to our point here, I found the, the audio. I found the. You want to turn it up? I so have, I can so I can hear a little bit. I want to I want to I want to see this part. Uh, let's go a little bit farther than that. Just a little bit farther. Okay. And just a little bit farther. All right, guys, I want you guys to hear this. Like, it was awesome. Yeah, you saw that. Springboard senton to the outside and landed it perfectly diagonal in between the announce tables. So that was awesome. So God, I'm going to have to go back and watch that match again. Like, it was so great. It was. It's almost like that match is like watching Nakamura versus uh, Sami Zayn when they first touched in Dallas for the first time right before WrestleMania. And just the, the magic that they put on that match. The first, they, they even said, it like, we've never wrestled against each other. We've never touched each other, even the Performance Center, to get ready for this match. They wanted to do it in the ring. And it was so... I mean, it was God. It was it was so good. Uh, the second match I'm going to talk about. I think Tony, you talked about it. You saw it too a little bit. The women's uh, street fighter no holds barred match. Did you see that? I've Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox. Yeah, I saw that man. It was, it was really good. And uh, as some people who may who may not know uh, about this rivalry, uh, back in Survivor Series weekend. It was war games in Chicago. And it was, uh, it was team. It was, it was uh, Shayna Baszler's team. I can't remember who was all all on her team. Uh, But anyways, in Rhea Ripley's team, it was Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Tegan Knox, and Dakota Kai. And it came down to uh, the only reason, I think it was the only reason Dakota or the only reason Dakota Kai was in this match. Originally, Dakota Kai has been working, trying to trying to prove herself to Rhea Ripley the entire time. And it was... I can't remember the other girl's name. It was one of the... Uh, was It It wasn't Eero, it wasn't Eero Shirai, because Eero Shirai was on the other team. Oh, probably. It was probably Mia Yim. Mia, yeah, Mia Yim was supposed to compete in the, in the War Games match, and she mysteriously got hurt. Or no, she actually was hurt, but they played it off like she got hurt backstage. I think she had like a leg injury or something like that that was going on. Yeah, and she had to take some time away, but they they didn't know how to do it without without doing like a fake injury angle or something like that. So, anyways, the 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 thing was, um, Dakota Kai finally 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 got herself into this match, and she was coming out from the from the shark cage that they put up for this war games match. She walked out, and Tegan Knox is in the back. Ground like yelling at the other team, going, "Yeah, you can't stop us." I'm like, and Dakota Kai flipped out, 
Like you guys watched it from Survivor Series that weekend, yes. right? Yeah. She flipped the hell out, turned around and started beating the hell out of Tegan Knox, smashing her leg, and she has two torn leg injuries in her knees from the the women's classic. The first one, she got hurt. Second one, she got re-hurt again. She was trying to hurt herself again. So she, you know, ended up being what two on it was like a two on four. Wasn't it? It was a two on four and Rhea Ripley still won. Yeah. So they are so they that that happened. And then uh, Tegan Knox was doing great. She was about ready to put uh, Dakota Kai through the table. And then out comes this girl. I have no idea who she is. Some uh, Gonzalez interference. Some girls. Like, she's a really big girl. Yeah, she's really uh, Tall-wise, right? I guess she competed in the Women's Classic before. Yeah, and I've never. I'm not, I don't even I remember her, her before. She, I guess she has a new name or something like that. Something Gonzalez. And uh, she, she ended up. She threw off Dakota Kai off the table. Then she attacked Tegan Knox, and this is one of those moments where it's one of those "I am the table" moments, like you know those <laughs> jokes where the table's stronger than you actually think because it never breaks. But I think the table just kind of. She threw Tegan off of the off of the turnbuckle, going through the table, and the table shifted and fell. Yeah. So she didn't actually go through the table. But she won. But, uh, but Dakota like, Kai. But it looked like that was, you know. But Dakota Kai. <laughs> and, Dakota Kai ended up beating T. Knox, and they're all right now. We'll find out probably on on Wednesday or probably next Wednesday on who this girl really is and why did she help? Why did she help? Dakota why did she Kai? help Dakota Kai win this? Right. So I don't think this rivalry is over. I think it's going to continue know. eventually. It will continue for a as while. long as Tegan Knox has not hurt her leg again, because that's that's a really bad injury. The fact that she's hurt it twice already in like a couple years span, you know, that's not really a good sign for you to be can continue to wrestle if you're getting constantly injury prone. Right. So the next match, I was hoping it was going to be a, uh, I was hoping this match was going to be a match of the night, but then after watching the promo and hearing him say that this is not going to be some match of the takeover match of the night thing, this is going to be a fight. Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Great match. Not match of the night because like they like um, Finn Balor stated in his promo, this is not gonna be some match of the night caliber. Like I'm here to I'm here to beat you. And they 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 had a really good match, but it wasn't like I was hoping in a in a, to a point. I mean there was a lot of close calls and but uh I don't know if you guys watch this at all. Grant, you watch this. Tony, I don't know if you watch this match. Yeah, but we didn't see that. I didn't see this part. Finn Balor pulls it off with a 1916 and beats Johnny Gargano. And he doesn't, and he didn't just beat him like coup de gras. That's the, he hits the 1916, the, the, the underhook uh, brain buster move that he hits. And he just, he almost did like a tea bag type of thing. And freaking just like sat on him. and just looked right at the camera the entire time as he's pinned him. And then after the match, like he, he's still standing over him. He's grabbing his face. And he's like, I've beaten you. I'm, I'm better than you and stuff like that. <coughs> Excuse me. So to prove basically that Ballard basically says, I am NXT. You're not taking my spot. Type of thing. So that that was pretty cool. I, I mean, I want to know what, what do you guys think Ballard should be doing next? I think he should. Now that, he's, now that he beat Johnny Gargano. And Johnny Gargano was, I guess, or technically he still is. He is the representation of NXT. I think Ballard is 
probably the next contender to face Adam Cole for the NXT Championship, but they're both heels. But well, we haven't also, t- we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, we'll get to that at the moment. Yes, but I also saw I saw a question on Twitter. Someone asked. Who should face Adam Cole for the NXT Championship next? A lot of people say Balor, including myself. And a lot, of, a lot of people also say Velveteen Dream. And I haven't seen Velveteen in a minute since the whole thing he came back against Roderick Strong. Um, I mean, for, for me, I think Balor should stay away from the titles. I think so. I think he should continue to keep going through every single NXT person that he that they think that they're they're NXT. Because Balor, Balor's like that vet in NXT. Every when you look at the NXT roster, the one to me, the one person that stands out is Finn Balor because you look at him and he goes, he's the vet of the locker room because he was there when he was making NXT what it is today. Yes. They to me NXT originally was on the rise and starting to get momentum right after they made that first takeover or that first um, NXT arrival. You know, the, to me the 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 core brand of NXT, in my opinion, granted Seth Rollins was the first NXT champion and all that he was there, but when it started to get a name for itself and they were doing shows every every single week, even though it was taped, was Adrian Neville, Tyler Breeze, Tyson Kidd, and Sami Zayn. Those guys made NXT, was starting to build NXT. Then they started bringing the big names. Kenta, Hideo Itami. He came in. Kevin Owens coming in. Finn Balor coming in and bringing in the the face paint. Everyone loved the face paint style of him. Not the demon. It wasn't the demon. It was just... Everyone knew he always did like this alter ego of face paint. What, what type of face paint was he going to do next? But when you look at NXT in the past and growing from takeover to takeover, they even stated in the promo with, with Johnny, when Johnny Gargano stated it, that Finn Balor was NXT. He took NXT and made it global, taking it over to the UK and, you know all the all the takeover specials that he did constantly, and when he was champion and changing up his 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 uh, his demon persona, doing all those gear. Like to me, the best one that I I mean the two best ones that I have loved of of Finn Balor when it came to takeover specials and the gear that he wore was when he went to the UK and he did a version of Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then the other one was in Dallas facing Samoa Joe, and he came out as a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing out the chainsaw yeah. and waving around. That was, that to me, that was the two best. I like the one in Japan where he wore all the, the symbols and everything in Japan, which it was kind of like the dragon symbols and all that other stuff yeah. to represent, to, you know, like I said, to represent Japan. So it was his first time being back in Japan since he left. Um, but I think, like I said, with Finn Balor, after winning this match, he needs to stay away from the titles. He needs to just work his way through every single person in NXT thinking that they think that they are NXT or something like that. He needs to prove that he is and will always be the the man in NXT. Like the when guy, he came, when you look at him, you look at the vet. Oh, he is the vet in that company because he's been on that main roster 
for so many, for a few years now, because he was one of those guys in that in NXT that was in NXT for, for what, a couple years. And everyone, everyone else seemed to go up in a matter of like months. And that seemed normal at first, but then to see him stick around there that long, like that's, that's way too long, you know, cause guys were originally going, they were competing for six months or whatever it is. They were up to, then they were up to the main roster because they needed him up there. Finn Finn stayed in NXT and stayed there for so long. He's still, like I said, he's still the longest reigning NXT champion right now, as of right now, still. So we don't know about Adam Cole. We'll get to that later on uh, as we go on. Uh, so the next match that we had was the Broserweights versus Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team Titles, and it was awesome. I don't know if you guys saw. Did, did you guys watch the the, the two videos at all? Of them getting, of yeah, how, how are the they going to get to Port? Yeah. How do, how are we going to get to Portland? And the one that they did, it goes in. They they hopped into a cargo portion of a of a small plane. Yeah, and then and they, and they goes, oh, I know. How did you get in? I know a guy. Or whose plane is this? And then you see Triple H, like, oh shit, <laughs> you're taking Triple H's plane. And even Triple H had made that comment too. He goes, he goes, they did what? <laughs> just and then I know he did on the, the the Facebook thing at the end of that. Where he's talking about the broser ways. And he goes, I wonder why my my plane was smoking for a little bit in the back. <laughs> and he was making a joke, making a weed joke. But uh that match though, the way it was going to me, uh, it looked like it was either gonna be like a like a Pete Dunn turn based on like them bumping into each other. Or um, like between Pete Dunn and Matt Pete, Riddle. Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle were kind of bumping into each Pete Dunn uh, kind of knocked uh, Riddle off the apron. Riddle did a spear that was supposed to hit. Uh, I think it was supposed to hit Bobby Fish, which we'll talk about Fish in here as I can do. Bobby Fish. He was supposed to hit Bobby Fish, and Fish moved out of the way, and Riddle speared Dunn. So that happened. I figured, oh no, something's going to happen. They're going to turn on each other. Because that's usually what happened. They're not really a team, but they're a team. Um, but Riddle and Pete Dunne became NXT Tag Team Champions. They came out in their golf cart, the Broserweight golf cart. They beat they beat Undisputed Era, which was awesome to see. And then them constantly, like, they're cheering the crowd. And to, to start off, when they first came out, though, like I had to look at their T-shirt. I know you probably you saw it too. What was it? How, How much fish could buy fish, fish fry? Hit buy fish could fry fish. <laughs> they just kept going. <laughs> at first, I'm looking at it like that's hilarious, and at the same time, I was like, no love for 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 Matt, no love for for Kyle O'Reilly at all. Yeah. You're just gonna give shit to to Bobby Fish the entire time. Like Bobby Fish is old. Yeah, Bobby Fish is like almost forty or in his forties. Not like that. He's good. Looks good for his forties. I mean, Granny's got all that gray hair now. The beard's gray. His hair is a little bit gray, and he's you know he's getting up there in age. But they're making fun of Bobby Fish the entire day, which that was hilarious. It blows my mind that Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish has been a team together for years. Yeah, because they're they're known as the the Red Dragons. Yes. And it's just oh my god, like it's phenomenal that they even they stay together, like they stick together. <laughs> Like even in NXT, yeah. For all this long um, so we're gonna get into our, our next match because we need to finish this podcast up tonight. Um, our next match was Rhea Ripley beating Bianca Belair 
And we already knew what was, was going to happen. Yeah. We knew this was going to happen ahead of time. WWE spoiled it right right away. The, the fact the fact that they like I said the fact that they put Charlotte announced Charlotte uh, going or kind of trying to face Rhea Ripley to begin with before this match even started kind of ruined Bianca Belair. It did. Um, but Rhea Ripley beat Bianca, and then Charlotte attacked Rhea Ripley. He showed up in Portland. And attacked her. He goes, well, I've made my decision. They're like, well, we already knew you made your damn decision. Yeah. We've, you know, we've known it for weeks. Like, it's so stupid. And she beat her. You know, did the natural selection to her. Laid her out and said, I'm facing you at WrestleMania. Which is going to we- sound weird because they already announced TakeOver Tampa. It's happening the night before, the, that, that Friday before WrestleMania. Which makes me think, how are you going to do this TakeOver special for NXT, when one of your NXT titles is already on WrestleMania, like how you can't do it, you can't do two. You can't do two matches and make Rhea defend the title twice, or you know however they're going to do it. That makes no sense at all. I think they should have not even done. Might been don't even. They should have just stayed away from doing a takeover for WrestleMania. Then make make take make takeover. It's own little pay per view, like how Raw and SmackDown technically should do their own little pay per views to try yeah, and compete. It was actually nice, but they should do it now. Where Takeover is NXT's version, or NXT uh, Takeover NXT it does Takeovers for their pay per views. Raw will do their pay per views. SmackDown will do their pay per views, but then they all culminate at WrestleMania, where they all compete. Royal Rumble they compete together. Survivor Series they'll compete together. WrestleMania will compete together. SummerSlam will all compete together. You know, I think that's how they should do it. Um, uh, then this, we'll talk. Then this last match. Uh, it's funny. I, I was writing down is Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa, but for some reason, my phone decided to change it to Coke versus Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, Adam Cole, baby. Beats Tommaso Ciampa. Maybe. But it's how he did it. At first, Undisputed Era was getting involved. And after, and then at one point, I thought Velveteen Dream's going to come out and cost Adam Cole the title. I was thinking, oh my God, it's going to happen. But Adam Cole beat Tommaso not because of Undisputed Era. Johnny Gargano shocks everyone and hits... Tommaso in the head with the title, costing him the match. What was your take on like that's like I said, this match when it came to this match and then the Keith, Keith Lee and uh, Dominic Dajakovic match, this was the other match of the night. Yes. The only reason I think I give this match just a little bit of an edge in match of the night is because of the shock value at the end when Gargano turns on Tommaso. That's the only reason I give this match one step ahead. What's your take on this? My thoughts on this is I think Johnny did what he did because the amount of times Tommaso has cost him in the past through injuries, storyline-wise, through, I don't know, like, Tommaso caused a lot of roadblocks for Johnny, and for Johnny, this is kind of like a retribution for him, saying, like, hey... You cost me, you held me back from getting a chance uh, at the shot of this title. I'm going to do the same thing to you. Meaning, the war isn't over. 
there there's still bad blood between them, regardless of their reunions and um, putting things in the past. No, and Johnny's mind, he still he still got a lot of heat left mm-hmm. for Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, pl- plenty of heat, plenty of heat. Um, I just saw the clip here right now, and uh, you know, like what what Tony was saying about all those roadblocks. It's it's time for it's time for Johnny Organo to get his to get his piece of the cake, mm-hmm. you know, for 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 these two to fight, and you know, and these, well, they've had great matches. Oh, they've de- definitely even as tag team, and even as singles competitors themselves. They but to see this rivalry happen again. How are they going to top the other well, the, the other three matches they've wrestled against each other? How are they going to top this one again? From what I understand, as I saw a picture for Tampa Bay, someone said, "What if Takeover had a Hell in a Cell match? What if? like them two going at it? Is like, great, we are going to have a Hell in a Cell match that'll actually be a, a good match to actually watch." So, so yeah, I mean, that, you know, like you were saying about the Hell in a Cell, and you know, and all the matches that that they that they fought over the mm-hmm. years, and when they came in NXT. <laughs> It's uh, you know, it, it's it's pretty good, you know, to see these two actually go at it one one more time. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna say that it's 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 time for Johnny to, to make his mark on him for to get to get back his retribution mm-hmm. over the over these years. Well, I think we're gonna have to. I think uh, we'll have to talk about that more. Um, after watching, we'll you know I'll have to watch, uh, take over or no, we'll have to watch. Uh, um, we'll have to watch the uh, NXT tomorrow night and see we'll how find out what's, what's, we'll find out what's what's going to go on with us. So uh, I think that's going to do it, guys. Tonight, uh, I want to thank thank Tony for coming back tonight. Grant, thank you for coming back again tonight, guys. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Uh, this has been you know with this what was episode this was episode five tonight. I mean, I've already I've been doing this for five weeks already. This is weird to think. I've already been doing this for five weeks. I mean, how I first started. Grant, you used to try and do a podcast or yeah, well, interview. Him, well, him and I here, we try doing our podcast. You know, and mm-hmm. we, we got it so far. You know, we we made t-shirts. You know, and it, it, I think but, we should eventually do t-shirts for this. Oh yeah, t-shirts. Yeah. Let guys, we'll I'll have to tell guys T- about this. T-shirts, gonna, hats, wristbands. Well, we're not going to go that far. Let's make our own shop. How about no. that? Good, but, good uh, idea. Lay that, lay that down. All right. Well, I think that's it for tonight, guys. I want to thank you guys again. And uh, I got some wrestling shows coming up for Kurt Alexander. Uh, I know I said it last week. I've got Oakley, Oakleyville, Illinois uh, on March 14th. Sorry, guys. I'm looking at my calendar right now over there. I'm trying to think. Uh, it's not even up there yet. So uh, March 14th at Oakleyville, Illinois. And then I've got uh, a show March 28th in Quincy, Illinois. At the Quincy High School. And then April <coughs> April 25th, I'll be in East St. Louis for RCW as well. Those are three RCW shows in a row. Uh, I got some other shows for Pro, Pro Wrestling or Powerhouse Wrestling Extreme. Um, I'll have to figure out those dates coming up, guys. But, guys, this has been Doing What You Love Podcast. We'll see you next week. And please make sure to check out our Facebook page at Doing What You Love Podcast. Thank you and have a good night, guys.